Welcome to the world according to Craig, where people who are smarter and prettier and better than me come to tell their opinion of the world. Maybe I should rename this title. This week we'll be welcoming Meg Cerrone, fitness and motivational extraordinaire, who is not only my trainer but really a fitness pro to the entire world. And we'll be talking about the concept of accountability and love and maybe fitness, but I think that might be a little too on the nose. So thanks for joining us. And thank you for joining us, Meg. Thank you for having me. <laughs> um, so like I said, we'll be talking a little bit about what it means to just be accountable in this entire world. But before we get into who you, what you do now and that topic, I want to spend a little bit of time for people to get to know you and specifically the fact that you are a fabulous former Miss Texas slash your title was stripped. <laughs> You're not wrong. <laughs> okay, so you were Miss Texas when? So I started doing pageants in Texas. When I was like 14 or 15. You don't have nearly um, enough Aquanet in your hair for this. I know, right? It's you move out of Texas, you lose the big fro. Um, and I did pageants there for three years. I am a former Miss Texas. I, 2006 was the year that I was Miss Texas. Okay. And then I moved out to California and was a gay beauty queen. <laughs> <laughs> a gay beauty queen, gay which beauty went over queen. real well in old Texas. I mean, so, so super well <laughs> in South <laughs> Texas. You can't even tell you. Okay. So you, and so today I know you and the world knows you from being not just like a fitness influencer, but like literally like this fitness extraordinary extraordinaire pro to the stars, to everyday people, to like thousands of people online. It's a whole thing, right? Yeah. And you, you know, pre-pandemic, you were teaching like 25 classes a week. Yeah, 25 spin classes a week. Um, which is a lot of spinning. Cause like if I do like, what is it? Like 10 miles a class, that's 250 miles a week, something yeah. like that. It was Insane. a lot. <laughs> what made you get into, um, that line of work like what made you decide that you wanted to be in fitness because that's like it's not an easy thing to do right no. like you have to i often think about like people who are masseuses and who love their job i was like so i feel great after massage but yeah. like you just spent an hour like really working your muscles you have to spend an hour motivating like 50 people on a bike yeah um it takes a special kind of soul to want to do that <laughs> <laughs> thank you for recognizing that um Fitness is, I feel like in a world that is completely unfair, completely and 100% unfair, 100% of the time, fitness is the only thing that's fair, right? You get out exactly what you put in, no more and no less, right? If that could just be a life philosophy. Right, and especially now in, in this atmosphere, I find it to be so important to be able to have a hold of the outcome of something, right? Um, I know if I do this amount of work, I know if I stick to this level of commitment, I'm gonna get to point A, B, or C. Okay. So that for me was always my attraction to fitness. I've always been an active person. I grew up running and dancing. I was on point for like 10 years uh, in okay. ballet, loved. And so for me, um, I always wanted to make sure to share that with people. That was always something that I wanted to communicate. Um, I was in a really bad car accident, a really bad car accident, you know the story. Yes. Um, and really had to claw my way back. I had pretty much everybody tell me, you're, you're not gonna move normally again, you might not look normal. Um, you know, you're gonna have all of these limitations in your life and if you've met me, you know that uh, limitation is not really something that I'm willing to accept. 
So through exercise, I was able to rehab myself back to a place where I could move and achieve and commit myself to other things again. And as someone who's as determined as I am, I knew that I wouldn't have a, a problem doing that, but I felt an immediate responsibility to everybody else in the world to so, communicate that to them. You can yeah, do it. So let's take, yeah, let's take a minute on this. So like, I'm going to unpack this a little bit, right? So we're going to circle back around to this car accident because it's, it's incredible. But there's something, you mentioned something that in this time frame, there's something redemptive about when you, you get in what you put out, right? Like, cause yeah. we tell our kids that, I mean, I don't have kids yet, but I will. And I will tell my kids, you get in what you put out, you get out what you put in. Uh, but there's something redemptive about that. Like yeah. when the whole world feels out of control, mm -hmm. I know that if I don't work out in a day, and I don't look like I work out every day because I also eat chocolate. But like, if I don't, if I, if I don't work out in a day, like it, it's a, it's a redemptive time frame, right? That I can yeah. just let the world go, and I know what's going to happen, like provided that I don't drop a dumbbell on yeah, my head. Exactly. Right. So there's an amazing amount of control there. Yeah. But with that control comes accountability because it's not like you can say, well, I did this and then it didn't happen, right? Yeah. Like if you lift this weight, your muscles respond yeah, right like this is basic biology right uh, is it biology kinesiology physiology it's physics biology it's chemistry all of the things it's all the ease <laughs> yeah. um so that begs the question of like what happens when something is completely out of your control so you know you were 18 19 19 yeah. and you were yeah. at a full stop on wilshire boulevard in los angeles mm -hmm. and a drunk driver slammed into you going like full speed, full speed. Uh, you survived because of the strength of your body, like yeah. through a dime size hole in your trachea. Yeah. Right. And, and you were in a medically induced coma. Yeah. I mean, your body shows up for you. Right. And I feel like something that's gotten lost somewhere along the way, just societally for us, especially as Americans, especially as Americans is, our bodies are known for what they look like, not what they do, right? And that's so, um, I mean, that's so diminishing. Because for me, even, we're talking about, grew up doing pageants, was- Yeah, your entire existence was predicated on what your body yes. looked like. Starving. And at this moment, you were training for a marathon and yep. you survived because of what your body did. Exactly. Not what it looked like. Uh, the way that I had treated it and what I had trained it for was able to show up for me. And for me, that was even a very transformative um, piece of information to have. I was like, oh shit. You know, I woke up and was like, wow, here, here I am alive because of I took care of myself. Was that really the first thought or was it, I want pizza and my mouth is wired shut? <laughs> like, Listen, having your mouth wired shut is a completely different ballgame. It's, it, you're so thankful for what you have at that point, right? And, and your capability to say that I have the ability to make a decision right now. Where did that gratitude come from? Because I, I, I got news for you. Like <laughs> when I dislocated my shoulder, and it popped out and popped back in playing kickball. I was not grateful that <laughs> for that I dislocated my shoulder, right? Yeah. So like you're lying in a hospital bed, and so and people would not know this looking at you that basically seventy percent of your body is titanium, um, <laughs> right? It's so like much. from from that's all of my face, all of your face, half of your body, yeah. Um, which is amazing. Like you're gonna be that little old lady when your bones shrink only like part of you shrinks. Yeah. Um, 
<laughs> but super I, uneven. <laughs> I didn't find myself filled with gratitude at dislocating my shoulder. You're coming out of a medically induced coma and you are in incredible pain with your mouth wired shut. Yeah. Where does gratitude come from? I feel like, <laughs> right? like lead me there, Meg. Um, I feel like gratitude comes from, you know, dancing with an edge. There, not a lot of people would have made it through what I've made it through. And not a lot of people... No, your body was crumpled like this. Yeah, like a little, like a can. Yeah. <laughs> right? Um, I think that there's just an innate understanding after you go through something like that. One, this doesn't just happen. Like something, you know, something led me here. This is a directive part of my path. Uh, but two, I have the capability to make decisions now. And after going through, you know, an incident where you have zero control to make a decision right. or to change to change what happened to you... You wake up from something like that and you say, I have choices, right? I have a thought process. I have a body that might not be capable, but could be. Well, you were told you had no choices. You were told you would never walk again. I was told right? th three different doctors said. Which is inc incredible to me. You know, we have a, another guest coming on the show. We'll talk a little bit about the human body and what it can do and like how doctors, they, they don't cure you. They keep you alive so that your body can cure itself, that your body can get better. But you were told that your body can't, you can't. And, yeah. and yet you found this control, this accountability, what you put in, you get out. Yeah. And you, a year later. I was totally okay. I mean, I was not moving as quickly <laughs> <laughs> to say the least. But I mean, I think some of that is I'm Irish and incredibly stubborn. Mm. like very stubborn. Nobody's going right. to tell me what to do. Made in name O'Donoghue. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, nobody's going to tell me what to do. Um, and, you know, I think I was very lucky to, I've studied the body my whole life. I've been active my whole life. Um, you know, all of the training certifications and all of the, the work with athletes and the work with um, so many different types of people really helped guide me to understand that nobody's body is the same and there's absolutely no way that somebody could have definitively told me what I could and could not do. <clears throat> that is an impossibility. So this begs the question, and this is the topic of the hour, well, half hour, but is nobody can tell you what your body can and cannot do. But there yeah. are a whole lot of people trying to tell their bodies what they can and cannot do. We are inundated by uh, pictures of abs all day long and yeah. arms and swimsuits and bless. It's all very pretty, yeah. but it's one of those things to where we are inundated with this messaging and a lot of people are like, this is outside my control and I can never look like this and I can never do this. Um, and with that control element, like when you, what, what you put in, what you put out, like, how do you get there? How do you get that accountability? Like, how do you, how do you keep people accountable? You train people every day. How do you keep them accountable? Well, I think a huge part of that is understanding why you're doing something. So you'll hear with a lot of trainers, what's your why? Um, you know, why are you getting into fitness? Why right. are you trying to make a change in your life? And I think... Because I want to look like a supermodel. Right, but why do you want to look like a supermodel? Like, what about that supermodel <laughs> makes you think that you're, you know, what, what kind of feeling does that he or she provoke, right? And I think when you get to the bottom of it, a lot of those answers are acceptance. But where does that acceptance come from? Largely, it comes from yourself. Am I happy with the choices that I'm making? Am I able to lay my, my head down at night and be proud of myself? Um, and what I accomplished today. And 99% of the time that answer is no. Okay, so basically, if you're unhappy, fitness isn't going to solve that. Is that what you're trying to say? If you're unhappy, fitness is gonna solve it, but it's not gonna solve it for an Instagram like. It's not gonna solve it for 
you know, a Facebook comment. It's not going to solve it for any of those things. Because something that I always tell people is if, if your body is functioning, if your body is healthy, it will look good, right? But what does look good actually mean? Look good means it's rested, it's trained, it's able to show up for you, it's healthy, your immune system works. Oh, look good is not six-pack abs. I see you've redefined things. Right, look um, good. So, okay, we have accountability and then, but a lot of people out there, I think, are confusing accountability with acceptance, right? Yeah. And you're a trainer and you're training somebody and they're 350 pounds and they don't want to be, they've decided that like, they don't want to have, um, diabetes anymore with the type of diabetes that can be controlled with diet and exercise. They yeah. don't, they don't want to die of heart disease. And so they're with you and they're like, I, they're lifting the weights and they're like, I can't do it. I can't like, how do you keep them accountable when you're in the only profession where people pay you so they can tell you, no, I don't want to do that. Right. Yeah. Like you show up to a training <laughs> so, session and you're like, run. And you're like, no, <laughs> you're like, why right? am I here? Yeah. Are you like, do you mean now or are we just being combative? Um, I think a lot of people mistake needing guidance with somebody trying to control them, which is a huge part of training. Um, I always try to remind people that I'm not here to control you. I cannot do the work for you. I can do the work with you. I can be here every step of the way. Um, generally, people doing hard things for themselves is is not an easy concept to, to wrap your mind around um, because doing things that are hard sometimes hurts, right? Like okay. how many times have, have we been in a class climbing a hill and you're like flipping me off from the back row? What, right. what are we doing? Um, no, you know, I genuinely flip you off yeah. every day. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, building things is hard, which is what makes them worth it. Um, my number one mantra is there's a, a huge difference between being kind to yourself and being easy on yourself, right? Um. And you kind of have to find where that difference is. How do you convince someone to be hard on themselves in a world where everybody says, you know, I deserve more, I want more, like I like, and sometimes they don't take into account what you need to put in to get that out. How do you convince people to put in that work? I am really weird about the word deserve. Um, okay. I very rarely use it. I don't believe people deserve a lot. You deserve what you work for. And so if we were to sit down and lay out on a piece of paper what you deserve. So you're not a Bernie Sanders voter. I am, you know. <laughs> Sorry, that was a Bernie Sanders dig. Oops. I, I, can't, I can't say I am. You know? <laughs> but deserve is, is, a, is a weird one for me. Um, I don't know if that's just the way that I was raised. My dad's also really, really strange about that word. You, you deserve what you work for. So if we were to write out the work that you just did, what do you actually deserve? And a lot of the time that will open an eye to, oh, wow. Could I be doing more? And if the answer to that is no, if you're 350 pounds and you did a mile walk today, good for you. Because you couldn't do more. You tried. You did your best, right? right? You deserve to feel good about the work that you did. But a lot of people in the physical realm, in you know the professional realm, whatever it may be, are not doing much to deserve what they think they do. Okay. Um, and that realization is huge. So Huge. there are a lot of people who confuse being kind to yourself with being hard or easy on yourself. Yeah. What do you say to those people? Like, how do you help them differentiate? Because, you know, so when we look at the Dove Real Women campaign, yeah. right? There's something great about saying they're all different shapes and sizes of women, but there's also a limit, right? Like, yeah, we don't like two thirds of this country is obese, right? According yes. to the latest statistics are president is morbidly obese, um, emphasis yes. on the obese, less so much on the morbid. Um, <laughs> but it's, 
you know, how do you get to a point where, where's the line between, you know, that empowerment and self-love and not accepting something you shouldn't accept yeah. and accountability, like can, it can get very messy in there. Right. I think that, you know, another thing that's really important, I try to re remind people when we're going through a hard session or somebody's having a hard day, um, this isn't happening to you. This is happening for you. Okay. Right. Movement is a privilege. I learned that the very hard way, the very hard way. And if we have the capability to move our bodies, move them. If you have the capability to do something about the way that you feel and the way that you look, do it. If you have the resource to have a trainer or even get out your iPhone that is a computer right. and, and look something up, um, you know, that's the difference between being kind to yourself. When you want to help yourself, you're being kind. When you want a way out, that's being easy. And unfortunately, that is the case often when people hire trainers. They want, they want an excuse. They want an easy out. And I think instead, that's why people in Right, if mind, I put in these sessions, you're yeah. going to make me pretty. <laughs> right, right? And, like, and if I'm not, it's your fault. Um, that's my favorite. Uh, you know, make I, me pretty, Meg. Make right? me pretty. <laughs> <laughs> um, you, get, you, know, you get out what you put in. And finding that kind of camaraderie with somebody else and finding that kind of connection with whether it's a room of people or with your personal trainer or with a YouTube channel or with an online platform, whatever it may be, is hugely transformative. Because when you surround yourself with people right? Who are doing things that you want to be doing, you're more likely to show up and do them. Um, you know, all this body positivity stuff is, I wouldn't say a hurdle to tackle, but it is a, a mindset to tackle. Um, there is a difference between living a healthy lifestyle and having points of enjoyment, eating the chocolate that you love, um, ordering pizza on right. Friday night. Uh, there's a big difference between that and not moving and gorging yourself and, you know, feeding that. Love that. my cookies. <laughs> eat your cookies, eat them, but balance that with, you know, a healthy habit and make sure that you're taking care of, of the one body that you were given. So it's almost like you're saying, okay, so if you are overweight, mm -hmm. um, but you're doing things and you're making choices, you can be kind to yourself. Like don't yeah. beat yourself up about the fact that you're overweight, no. but then also don't, be upset that you're don't, you know, don't be like, well, I should be skinnier and don't, you know, don't be easy on yourself as well. Like if you're, if you're going to get, if you get diabetes and they're like, this can be controlled with diet and exercise and you don't make those choices, yeah. like body positivity in that case, like is, is different than being positive about yeah. poor life choices. It's like be positive about who you are as a person and the and the choices you make, absolutely. but poor life choices is accountability. Well, there's a difference between body positivity and negligence. Okay. Um, and that's a huge line that we experience. You know, you get all these, you don't want to fat shame or you don't want to body shame or you don't, there's something objective about the shell that we live in. Our bodies are our shells. Right. I work out between one and two hours every single day. I'm one of the most physically strong women that I know. Yeah, I know. You keep I, running up and down those flights of stairs yeah. for like... <laughs> you know, but I'm not a size zero. I'm a size six. You know, and I, by no stretch of the imagination, have the perfect body because I also enjoy cookies. <laughs> and and rosé. And rosé and a good muffin. Like, who doesn't? Right. Right? But there's, there's a very fine line between being negligent to yourself um, and, and having body positivity. And that's where the line gets a little bit blurred.
Yeah, and I I wonder if that line is like obesity, but but it's somewhere on the on the side of it, right? But it's you know the other flip side is if you're not kind to yourself, it can lead to this whole downward spiral in the other direction, right? You just eat more cookies because you're unhappy. Totally. Right. Like at some point, you have to like stop and say, okay, I made this decision. Going back to what you said, what you put in is what you get out of it, right? So. I put in a Snickers and I got out an extra pound, right? <laughs> like, do you know I put in a whole bag of Snickers and I got right. out like three pounds, right? Like of, of what you've gained in weight. But I, so what advice do you have for people who are, you're out in the world and it's not just about you, it's about someone you love or you care about. How do you balance kindness and accountability? Can you hold someone accountable for the choices they make? Like for yeah. all those people out there who have parents who are, sick because they don't live a healthy lifestyle they're you they sit down with their parents and say hey let's go for a walk like is it can you hold other people in your life that you love accountable and be kind to them at the same time and how do you do that oh absolutely so i feel like again there's a huge point of connectivity with fitness huge point of connectivity with fitness i always say you know the people around you in my spin class you remember this i used to say all the time what if you were responsible for the person sitting next to you? What would you do Ooh, right now? I did not ask for that. I signed up <laughs> for that for that seat. I did not sign up for the person next to me. Right? Next but, time I'm going to sign up for that seat and make sure it's empty so I'm right? not responsible You're like, for anybody. Yourself, social distance, let's yeah. go. Um, but what if you were? What if you were responsible for the person next to you getting where they were going? How would you act? You would hold yourself to a different standard, right? If you have a parent, a sister, a brother, a friend um, who is in obvious need of help, how do you approach them about it? You bring yourself, right? I really enjoy going on walks and I really enjoy your company. I wanna make sure that I stay healthy and you know, uphold a healthy lifestyle. Would you join me? Could we do that together? What if they say no? Why? I'm, I'm asking you for help. I'm asking you to help keep me accountable and the goals that I have. Well, that's interesting because I, this is new for me in fairness, like this isn't scripted out in advance because I would have, before you said that, I would have thought about, okay, you know, Aunt May, mm-hmm. um, you need to get out of, you need to get up and you need to do something like this is unhealthy. You have diabetes can be controlled with diet weight, but that all becomes about Aunt May yeah, as opposed to, I want you to accompany me on a walk. This yep. is what I need. Then it's not about telling Aunt May what to do. It's not about telling her what she has to do. Mm-hmm. It's what you want for your relationship with Aunt May. Exactly. Well, and that's where accountability comes into the picture, right? Okay. Accountability happens when you trust somebody. Accountability buddies happen when you can be the most raw version of yourself with another person. So if if you're that person in someone's life who says, Oh wow, like I'm really, I'm really concerned about a potential health risk or um, you know, what could happen if we don't get you a little more active or in a little bit of a healthier place, that person's going to be 10 times more likely to open up to you because now you've exposed a vulnerability. So what happens when it goes astray? Because it's going to go astray. It's going to go astray with Aunt May who like, I ask her to come walk with me, then I go away and she doesn't walk on her own. It's going to go astray with me, right? Like it's going to go astray with each of us individually. What happens when it doesn't work out? I mean, the beautiful part about movement is it's chemically addictive, right? Like we become Great. so addicted so replace to heroin with movement precisely. understood precisely precisely but if you can get somebody to do something for three weeks a month five weeks whatever it is that becomes a habit right and we start to recognize oh wow i felt better about myself when i did that right okay and that's where like it's okay if you pull back a little bit because now maybe aunt may calls 
you know, Sister Susan and says, hey, like I've been walking. We've got a whole family. Aunt May, Sister Susan, (laughs) Brother Rob. We've got Right, Meg fell off. She's being lazy. Let's, can you come walk with me? And that's kind of the trickle effect that we talk about in fitness communities is accountability is having somebody that you can trust to lean on, to motivate and how that spreads, right? It's, It's kind of the pay it forward mindset, which is awesome. Okay, so when I mess up, what do I say to myself? Like when I mess up. My, my favorite thing to tell myself about my body is you are never stuck, but that works both ways, right? I'm never stuck in a place where I am unhappy, but I'm also never stuck or in the place where I'm happiest, right? It goes back to you get out what you put in, nothing more and nothing less. It is important to remember that a package of Girl Scout cookies is not going to destroy your life. And if you ate it, wow. Um, <laughs> Maybe the peanut, we, I mean, the, the, the peanut butter ones, the, the s'mores, ones, the, yes. I mean, honestly, we can just keep going. Right. Like I got the, the peanut butter, right. all of it. But none of that has the capability to derail you for life. Our bodies are so resilient, absolutely so resilient. So you wake up the next day and you do a run and you have a green smoothie for breakfast. Well, this is something we honestly, if you are overweight and been there, like you have this feeling of like, okay, so I'm overweight, but it's really kind of a profoundly simple thing, which is that like being overweight isn't like cancer, right? It's not nope. permanent, right? Like so fixable. if you work at it, you can reduce and eliminate it, right? It's like, yeah. it's almost like everyone want like we have this problem as a society with putting in the work. Like we've equivocated being kind. We need to be nicer to each other, which yes. we do, but we also need to be more accountable. And then when people are held accountable, they feel like you're not being nice to them. But it's the understanding that saying hard things to people is, is where, you know, care comes from. If you have something difficult to say to someone, it probably takes a lot of courage to say it, right? It's uncomfortable. You have to like work yourself up oh, to I'm it. Just gonna tell everyone that they are, <laughs> they, they are kind, they are pretty, they are smart, you they are, are the best. beautiful, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you are the best. Right, but I mean, that's something that I always try to keep tucked in the back of my mind is if somebody's saying something that is hard to hear, it was probably really hard to say, you know? But how do you know if it comes from a good place versus a bad place? I don't assume people are bad. Okay. Ever. Okay. Um, I think that we've gotten into a really ugly cycle of that. You know, if somebody has, has something that they need to say to me and it hurts me, my, you know, my go-to response is help me understand what you mean by that. Because it felt like very hurtful for me to hear da-da-da-da-da. Okay. I'm sure that's not what you meant. Could you help me understand? And then we've, we've opened the floor to understanding where a person's intention is, right? And okay. That's a huge part of fitness is gaining that mental clarity and the confidence to sit back and say, hang on a second. Okay, so basically what you're saying is be thoughtful, take a beat. What you put in, you get out and do a push-up. Do a push-up every day. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, it's kind of profound. You're this inspirational figure in that you were Miss Texas. You were crunched into a tiny ball. You barely survived. You learned to walk again. Mm -hmm. And now your entire existence is predicated on meeting people at the intersection of showing themselves kindness and keeping them accountable, which is probably the most difficult balancing act that you could possibly imagine. Totally. (laughs) So basically you like difficult things, right? Yes. Um, I mean, it's incredible advice. I think we could all be a little nicer. I think there's so many, like we could unpack this for hours on end just on the fact that like nobody's coming from a bad place. There are so like, there's so many different opportunities on that, but I think it's, 
really helpful for people to see. I, you know, when we sat down and I wanted to talk with you, it wasn't just because you're an amazing trainer. You are. It was not like how to get fit. Like, what are the best advices for spring? It's not how to make your body look good. It's literally like, okay, so my body looking good isn't a six pack abs. It's doing all the things it should do. It's about what your body does. And it's not physical appearance and, and how it works. Like there's so many pieces of this, but I think what I really was most interested in, which I'm so grateful that you came to talk to us about, which is this concept of, it will go back to this catchphrase, right? Which is that, you know, there's a difference between being nice and being easy, easy, easy on yourself. Yeah. And um, it turns out that life is really hard. And yeah. if there, Oops. We, yeah. <laughs> oh, no. the thing is life is really, really hard. But the funny thing is, this is the one area where life is hard and yet you know exactly what you're going to get out on the other end. Yeah, life is hard, but you're really strong, right? So much control in your hands if you just look at it. Yeah, 100% control of everything that you need to ever control. Yourself, your body, your future. I mean, that's empowering. I'm excited because that means I can control a whole lot of things, not like Storm and the weather. I'm not like an X-Men. But um, thank you for talking to us about just a semblance of control that we all kind of need to feel right now. Of like course, just to be right? honest, <laughs> just get something, just, just something a little bit <laughs> that we can be in control of. And the fact that we can do that in a way that makes us better. And I really appreciate you taking the time out and, and sharing your story of with course. us. Of course. Thank you so much. Yeah. Anytime. <laughs> well, thanks so much to Meg for joining us on this week's uh, the world according to Craig. Tune in next week as I find someone equally as fascinating, but also probably who didn't nearly die and then come out on the other side. Uh, and if we're lucky, maybe Meg will show up again sometime with her beauty crown in place. <laughs> Thanks for tuning in and we'll see you next time. Thanks for tuning in to The World According to Craig. It's mostly my opinions, though sometimes I back it by research. I hope to see you again soon. We'll have a new one every week wherever you can listen to a podcast or watch a video of me talking to someone.